Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Man in. Man in. Man in. Hey everybody, welcome to the James Bonding Podcast. It's an in-between movie episode, which means we tackle some sort of subject um, that we feel is appropriate, timely, and necessary. Timely. <laughs> These are all very timely or timeless. Timeless is a better way to put it. Yeah. I'm Matt Gorley. I'm Matt Myra. You guys are in for a treat. Uh, we've been promising this for a while, and quite frankly, we were out of ideas. Well, that's right. And we wanted something we could cook up quickly. I'm on my second podcast tonight. You've probably done eight this week. Uh, this is my 14th. Uh, we're good. Fair enough. <laughs> tonight, we're going to rank the henchmen of James Bond or hench persons. The hench peoples. Hench peoples. What is a henchman in a James Bond movie? Oh, oh, good question. There's some fuzzy math going on throughout the James Bond universe as to what qualifies someone as a henchman, and Matt and I are trying to get to the bottom of it. We had a little summit before we started recording, and I kind of like the criteria that we arrived at. Yeah, we went through movie by movie and discussed who was the henchman of the movie. Could a henchman be someone who eventually turned to Bond's side? Maybe. Could a henchman be someone who was uh, overly involved in the plot and perhaps giving orders? No. Unlikely. That's right. Yeah. There are some things. There's exceptions to every rule. This is the um, set of criteria that we came to. You might have your own, in which case you can do this at home with your family and friends. But we're going to run through the movies and tell you why we picked which hench person for each film. We picked one per film. Yeah. Uh, should we run down the list of movies before we do the ranking? Yeah, I think that's the say, way to do say it. who's who we chose okay. and why. Yeah. So here we were. Uh, I pulled up the list from Wikipedia, and I said to Matt, "I'm going to tell you who Wikipedia says is a henchman." Yeah, we and, and they list uh, m oftentimes many more than one. And I got to tell you, their list is absurd sometimes. If there you want to be a henchman in a Bond film, you can be according to this list. Okay, so Doctor No. We took a look at the list. There are many people involved. Uh, there's Mr. Jones, the guy that poisons himself. There's uh, Annabelle Chung, uh, who was one of the people working in Dr. No's uh, facility. But really, we decided it's Dent. Professor Dent. 
Professor Dent is the villain, uh, the henchman in Dr. No. Now from Russia with Love gets a little trickier. Should we just say a quick piece about why? I think the thing that qualifies Dent, even though he's a professor, which is like a title that implies esteem and that sort of thing, but he has to deliver a tarantula to James Bond's room. And it's yeah. kind of like... When you're sent on a mission, that's a big right. signifier that you're a henchman of some kind, especially if it's a mission of menace, Matt. Well, you know, if you think about the great henchmen of the Star Wars universe, particularly Attack of the Clones. Oh, you're talking about <laughs> Jango Fett? No, I'm talking about... Oh, Zam Wessel? Zam Wessel. <laughs> With the Kamino Saber <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is not where I thought this was going. It's very dent esque. You got a lot of hench. You got a hench person working for a hench person. Yeah, that's a it's a heavy hench movie. Uh, now we're gonna go down to from Russia with Love. Of course, here's the deal. We were discussing Red and whether or not he was the villain of the movie or a henchman, and we ultimately decided that he was a henchman because Matt made up the following rule. That he was sent on a mission? That's correct. Yeah, and that Rosa Klebb... <laughs> Why did you say that as though it was a question? Well, because we, we already brought that up, and I thought maybe you had a big reveal for me or something. I don't know. Because <laughs> some, some people seem to think Rosa Klebb is the henchman because she's got the, the boot knife, but she's calling shots. She's the one in, in charge of this mission other than Kronstein. She has a boot knife that uh, Q Branch collected. Right. Yeah, that's right. And hung on to so that one day Pierce Brosnan could smell it and make a face. Uh, also, this is early in the run, so we're talking like what precedent has been set for a henchman, Dent, before this? It's understandable that Grant is your henchman. He's also a muscle, and in the book, he's got some kind of like werewolf syndrome where he goes crazy on the full moon. And if that isn't a henchman sounding trait, I, I don't know what isn't. I can't blame him. Those moons get me going too. Uh, Goldfinger, no question. It's odd job. Don't even need to talk about it. Uh, Thunderball, we wound up going with Fiona Volpe. And I think that's good. You got Mr. Vargas, who's that weird-looking guy that gets shot by the spear gun. Yeah, that gets harpooned by Bond, according to Wikipedia. But Fiona Volpe, she's... You know, I think you can also be a femme fatale or a secondary woman and still be the hench person. Case in point, your Maydays, your Onatops, your Helga Brants. Sure, yeah. And I think... I think she qualifies, if anything, for lack of a better henchman. Vargas just isn't a really good. Well, you know, henchman. it's interesting you brought up Helga Brandt because that brings us to uh, "You Only Live Twice." I keep going in order of how Wikipedia lists it, where they block it by who is the James Bond for these movies. I see. So I'm going to actually not do that. But anyway, point is, Helga Brandt is our choice for that. Now, Honor Majesty Secret Service. We're going to go back to the order, correct Eon order. Should we? Do we need to cover the the like? What's his name in You Only Live Twice? We didn't choose the big Aryan-looking dude in that. Uh, I forget his name. Uh, Hans? Hans, yeah. Yeah, who was fed to piranhas by Bond. We did not choose him. And we have an embarrassment of riches when it comes to Aryan-looking henchmen, so it's okay. They make the best henchmen. Uh, now, Honor Majesty's Secret Service, we decided that it is Fraulein Irma Bunt. Right. Now, this could be a little controversial because she calls some shots. She does call some shots, but ultimately, I think when you're in a movie and you're working under orders of Blofeld, mm -hmm. you immediately slide into henchman territory. By default, yeah. yeah. He, she also shoots at Bond and Tracy Bond while Blofeld has a neck brace on. Like, if anything, she's pushing his wheelchair along. She's you know, by the him. way, it took him years. He was still in that neck brace. <laughs> 
That's right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so then we're back into the into the connery of it all, and of course, diamonds are forever. There's there's a lot here. We've talked about Bambi and Thumper. We've talked about uh, Tiffany Case, who's one of the cases the cases of changing sides. But she's also the, definitely the Bond girl. Totally. Yeah. So the obvious choice here is Mr. Wint and Mr. Kid. And it is a is it, it it's a two hander the whole time they're doing set. it. You cannot break them up. That's like a pair of Chesterfield chairs you, you, or Chippendale chairs. <laughs> Chippendale's fine, fine chairs. Chesterfield, those are cigarettes. They sure are, Matt. Uh, now, live and let die. Some of the hardest deciding happened yeah. here. You got a lot. You have Baron Semity. You have Whisper. You have Teehee. And ultimately, we decided that the live and let die main henchman is Teehee. Mainly because also another real signifier of a henchman is if you have a physical quirk of some kind, mm-hmm. he's got a hook hand. Yeah. I think yeah. That, that, you know, if you're missing an eye, you got a scar, or you've got a hook hand, that's... You're you're really looking good for a hench yeah. person, and I did. You know, listen. I like I like Whisper's uh, thing. He's got a gimmick. A gimmick is another thing. Yeah. But physical quirk trumps gimmick in the world of henchman hierarchy. Uh, and speaking of a physical quirk, mm-hmm. ladies and gentlemen, we come to the man with the golden gun. Mm-hmm. Third nipple. We got a physical quirk on the main villain. Right. Little person, knickknack. Mm-hmm. He's the man. Yeah. There's no question. Uh, that one also includes High Fat and Craw. Those are all listed as villains in, or henchmen. That's high Fat? High Fat. He's just the guy that owns that big house? Yeah. That's not, that, that Listen, does not a hench person again, make. I don't make the Wikipedia article. I, I just support it. I want on my headstone, real estate does not a hench person make. <laughs> That's what I want to be remembered I for. I don't understand why he did this. We're all crying over your grave. <laughs> We just said it on a podcast. Why did we actually do this? <laughs> and he didn't take medicine because he wanted to die sooner so he could get it. Matthew home. James Gorley. Not real estate does a henchman make. You just yoded my Yoda thing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Spy Who Love Me. It's Jaws, everybody. Yeah. And right. which also brings us to the following conundrum of Moonraker. Right. We chose Chang. Because Jaws already had a turn. Yep. And you don't want to split your votes for Jaws. You want him to win honestly. Yeah, you can't be voting for Jaws or not voting for Jaws because you know later Jaws is coming again. That's right. So we're going to give it to Chang. Chang, if you don't remember at home, he's the one that uh, gets into the fight with uh, Bond at the Murano Glass Factory. Right. Which I assume is the Murano Glass Factory. I could have made that up. (laughs) Um, For your eyes only, Locke. Because... Wait, I thought we chose Kriegler. I thought we chose Locke. Oh, shit. Oh, no. This I is really a tough we one. Over it, this. They're both hench person. One is more intellect and one is more brawn. I tend to think brawn fi- trumps intellect because you have intellect in the villain. Brawn trumps intellect because you have intellect in the villain. That's on the back of your tombstone. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think about that? Does that change your ranking? It does. It oh, does a man. bit. Um, or do you want to? Do you want to fight for look? Warren Zevon. I'm fighting for look. You are. Yeah. You don't think it's Kriegler? The guy picks up a motorcycle. 
Who hasn't, at one time or another, Loke. in an emergency, picked up a motorcycle? Loke. All he's had is his face digitized. I ranked Loke, I don't want to say high, but I want to say very high. So if oh, if man. we're... If we're I thought we I thought we went over this deliberately to avoid this just this situation. I remember saying Kriegler, and I remember saying Loke. And then here's the deal, though you 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 wrote you wrote it weird. I did. Well, I didn't. I, it was know all you crossed were out. Be looking at this. <sighs> here's the problem with that too. Yeah, Kriegler is named Eric. Loke is, Loke is named Emil. When I look over at Matt's writing very quickly, I'm like, wait, what is that? Oh, say? you thought that's it. I don't All know. All right, so let's decide this. How do we decide which one is it going to be? Let's take it through. Okay, Loke kills Bond's friend. Yeah. Kriegler lifts a motorcycle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right there. Yeah. I mean, he looks more like a henchman, certainly. Um, how does Kriegler die? Uh, Kriegler dies by... He's there at the end, right? In, up on the monastery mountain? He is... Does he get thrown through the glass roof, I think? He is thrown out the window. And I do feel like Kriegler's more of a bodyguard for Christados. By the way, would you like to know the word that means to throw someone out a window? Defenestrate. You are a fucking genius. <laughs> um... Okay, so thrown out a window, pushed off a cliff in his car after being shot in the shoulder. This is Those are your two one. ways this they die. This is a really tough one. Oh, boy. Do we flip a coin? Oh, sure. Do we flip a coin? Let us flip a coin. Do I have a coin anywhere? <sighs> Do you think people are going to be upset that we flip a coin and left this to chance when we should really talk it out? All right, we're going to talk it out right okay. now. Here's my thing. Here's why I'm, my vote is for is for Loke. I feel like a henchman, you have to close your eyes and immediately picture him. That's what I picture. Can't Kriegler. do it. I, I picture Loke. Really? Wow. I like Loke. Don't get me wrong. We're I just so feel different. Like it's really, they both qualify. One is physical and one is kind of menacing in intellect. I don't know. So, all right. So mm. let me tell you about Kriegler. Uh, For your eyes only. Do you want to... Hey, I know what we'll do. I'll put it on Twitter with a poll. And by the time we get to the end of the rest of this explanation, whoever is one is who we choose. All right. I mean, Kriegler falls into the Aryan superhuman situation. Keep talking. Okay. Uh, Which is my thought as to why he isn't. He's great on skis. He does a triathlon situation where he's shooting and skiing, which can be very difficult. And perhaps it's only a man of his skills that can handle it. But then the other thing, too, is you have Topol. Um, does Topol get killed by him? No, Topol makes it out of the movie alive, right? Yes. Um, Eating pistachio nuts the whole time. Yeah, yeah, he's doing a great job. The other people listed for For Your Eyes Only, so you know that we're talking about everybody, is uh, Klaus, who was harpooned by Columbo's man. Klaus. Apostis, who stabbed with a pike by Bond... And falls off a mountain. <laughs> Countess Liesel von Schlaff. Wait, she's not a hench person? She, that she's is, literally murdered. That is... Oh, she's murdered by Loke. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, run over by Loke. 
And then we have Helicopter Pilot, Mantis Man, and Christasos Henchman. Can you tell me how to eaten by sharks. Eric Kriegler? Uh, K-R-I... Oh, do you want Eric, which is E-R-I-C-H? Oh, wow. And Kriegler is K-R-I-E-G-L-E-R. Okay. For those of you playing at home. Now, while Matt's doing that, I'll go to ones we've definitely agreed on. We have Octopussy, and we've decided that it is not Orlov. It is actually Gabinda. Gabinda. Orlov is not in the movie uh, doing enough for us to call him a henchman. He's also pretty involved in the plan. Now we have a view to a kill. And for view to a kill, we were discussing the difference between a Mayday and a Scarpine. Mayday, of course, changes sides and ends up helping Bond. But she is the henchman through 90% of the film. So I think that's legit. Ultimately, we chose Mayday. Because okay. when you think Bond henchwoman or person in View to a Kill, yeah. close your eyes, boom, it's Mayday. Scarpine is your, your second closest. Though I do love him. Um, go retweet that what I just put up while I'll cover the oh, next one well, now you have to do your thing yeah um, just so that we get as much of a sampling on this as possible alright on to Living Daylights that's a no brainer it's Necros continuing in your long <laughs> successful line of Aryan hinge persons License to Kill now this one they listed a few people including Milton Crest but we had to go with Dario, Mr. Benicio del Toro himself. Honeymoon. Uh, Goldeneye. I think it's pretty clear that it's Xenia on a top. Tomorrow Never Dies. I guess I'll vote. What's that? So far, I'm the only person to vote, and uh, it's 100%. Oh, you're voting? I just voted. Can I vote on my yeah, own Yeah, you should thing? vote. I also voted for the wrong person. <laughs> I clicked the top button. <laughs> you want me to vote for Loki? No, no. Do what you got to do. It's good. I don't think I can vote on my own. We're getting poll. a vote. We're getting a vote here. Okay. Uh, okay. And then Living Daylights, We, of course, you're talking about right now. Necros, if you listened to last week's episode, a lot of Necros fans in the house. Yeah. Including us. Uh and then we ended up choosing Dario and for Goldeneye, which is, I think, also spoiled for riches as far as your henchmen because of Boris and because of Xenia Onatop um, and because of General Omarov. We decided that it would be Xenia Onatop. Yeah, I covered that. Because she... Wait, we, you said that already? I got that far, but I'm also seeing that my tweet autocorrected into who is the bench person in for your episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if only you could edit a tweet. I know. Um, you said why Xenia was our choice, right? Yeah, she's the clear choice. I mean, she's got a, she's got a, she's got a, she kills people in a fun way. That's, I think, also a qualification. Yeah. Tomorrow Never Dies, Stomper. Eric Stampa. It was almost Dr. Kaufman, but we changed it at the last second. It never, he could it be. was never going to be Dr. He Kaufman. He could be, but Stamper's He just has one clear. scene. He has one scene. He, he, yeah. he shot for a day. Uh, and then The World is Not Enough, which is a pile of henchmen. 
we decided to go with Goldie. Yeah. Who who are the other options in that? Well, here's why we went with Goldie. Oh, the other options oh, are That's right. Cigar Girl. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh Gabor. Who's Gabor? I don't know. Gabor. I don't know who Gabor is, hmm. which is again why he's not listed. Um Anyway, we went with Goldie because uh Goldie does some fun stuff and, and dies by being shot by Valentin Sarkovsky, which boy, oh boy, Robbie Coltrane. Right. He's probably my number one. He's probably my number one ex KGB helper of bond throughout the series. Oh, we have to do a bond helper meant slash mentor. Yeah, we're going to do that. Okay. Don't you worry about that. Man. All right. right Dino the day. We chose Zhao over Miranda Frost because Zhao has diamonds in his face. Mm hmm. Now we get to what we've discovered to be the Achilles heel of the James Bond henchman rankings, the Daniel Craig era, uh, only recently saved by Hinks, who is a very clear henchman yeah. inspector. And Patrice in Skyfall was getting there, but... He was getting there, but he... The first two movies? He went away very soon. Now, the first two movies, we had some trouble, and we decided to select for Casino Royale... Crot. Krat. K-R-A-T-T. Um, he ends up being killed by Mr. White. He's the bald guy that is by Lashif's side at all times. He's the one that carves the tracker out of Bond's arm with the butterfly knife. Yeah, he's a whisperer into an ear. That's right. You know, he'll do that at a poker table. Because he, he's, he's got an interesting look. He's sort of secondary to the villain. Mm -hmm. I mean, you could have said maybe Mr. White, but not really, because ultimately he's calling the shots. Yeah, until Spectre, bro. Oh. Yeah. So what other options were there? Well, do you want the... Malacca? Do you want the list? Because they list Vesper as well. That's ridiculous. This list needs a big spanking. <laughs> Fisher, Carlos, Krat, Leo, Tallman, Obano, Obano's lieutenant, Obano's liaison. Obano is not really a henchman, though, because he's just, I think he's existing in his own plot where he's going to get his money from Lashif. Yeah. You know, and just Chris, happens to. Um, what's the, uh, what's the guy's name that he wins the Aston Martin from? Davio. Davio. No, Demetrius. Demetrius. Sorry. That's the only other real consideration for me, or Gettler. Yeah, but what does Demetrius do except go to pay a guy to go blow up a, a plane? Yeah, right. Not really. He's just. I he think falls he's a, into that secondary villain category. He falls into the into the into the category of cog in the villain's plan. Yeah. Um, and then we have a Skyfall where we selected Patrice because Patrice does have two one-on-one -on -one battles with uh, Bond, and if you're going to survive a battle with Bond to make it to a second battle with Bond, bro. You're a henchman. Also, he's clearly on a mission for the villain. And he has one name, Patrice. And he has a physical quirk, sneakers. Yeah. I mean, he just likes to be comfortable. That's what I always found uh, hard to fathom about uh, Skyfall, is just the speed with which Daniel Craig is, is running through the street in his gray yeah. suit. Yeah. And in, those, in, in, those, in those Crockett and Jones. Yeah. I got a pair of the same shoes over here, and I got to tell you, not runners. No. Then again, I'm not Daniel Craig. No, no, none of us are. Uh, and then, of course, we have Hanks in Spectre. And it could have been Denby, too, but he also falls into the cog. Also, 
It just it just didn't feel right. No, especially when you have such a clear henchman. Like Hinks is cast in this movie as a henchman. This is when they brought the henchman back full force. You could also look, by the way, at the list of hench people in Spectre. It is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirty, forty, fifty, sixty, seventy, eight, 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 twenty. Twenty six henchmen are listed in Spectre, and I think part of that is because there are so many people at the Spectre table. This, and they're like throwing them crazy. into the hench town. Those are heads of Spectre State, though they're not hench people. <laughs> Those are Senator Spectres. Yes. All right, guys. So that's our list. Those are who we've decided. And now it is time for us to do the greatest ranking in the history of Bond henchmen. It isn't. I lied. It is time for us to finally decide who is the hench person in For Your Eyes Only. Is it a close vote, Matt? It's so close that I'm concerned we're... we're we're jumping the gun. Too soon. We've got 44 votes in. Hey, that's not bad for 10:30 on a Tuesday. Yeah, um, but right now, uh huh. Let me refresh it just to get the latest. It's 48 percent to 52 percent. Oh wow! And right now, the winner is Emil Loke. Emil so Loke. Got to honor that. Matt Myra, you were correct. Okay, so you got to give me a second to change my ranking. Oh boy. Here. Well. I guess in the meantime, I can talk about knickknack and what a, what a what a treaty is. I'm gonna play this uh, YouTube video, which is uh, seven minutes of knickknack. I wish. <laughs> I love that Matt thinks I'm kidding. I am knickknack. Just him walking. Right away, Mrs. Garamanga. Half. You get a rest later. Your steam bath is ready, Mrs. Garamanga. It's <laughs> <laughs> the best time killer in the history of anything. That would have been too easy. It's locked. You'll have to look elsewhere, monsieur. I wonder where you can find your gun, Monsieur Scaramanga. Your little golden gun. What can it be? There is something we haven't had before. I wonder what it can be. Okay. Oh, I got it. Well, I think that was easier than I thought. By the way, I have to say that that uh, was very enjoyable for a minute and fourteen seconds of the seven minutes and forty-two seconds. It's interesting that I voted Kriegler as the more likely henchman, but I put Loke higher on my list than I did Kriegler. There you go. That would have been exactly my problem. I would have had to do the reverse thing that you just had to do. Okay. All right. Now that everything's settled, the lists have been made. The rankings have been done. We're, t- we're doing the Matt Gorley patented podcast ranking method. Where, Strict rules of ranking. Where we Mr. each will say who our lowest ranked person is, and we will not talk about someone until they are mentioned. And I have to think that our number 24s are, have to be very close. I wonder. My number 24 is Goldie. 
Oh, it is not my number 24. Why? Yeah. In fact, my number 24 comes from my favorite James Bond movie, Krat. <laughs> what? He's just a very, and I think they meant it this way. Like sure. a very purposefully bland, is he a hench person? They didn't want to go gimmicky. They yeah. wanted to make it real. And therefore, he's a little boring. He's a little boring. He doesn't do a ton. Not and his we'll fault. discuss it. Because yeah, we are, right. we're oh, do, almost right. doing the thing, right. man. Right, you can't. We strict rules. Strict rules of. You ranking. must have hit the wrong rank over there on the hole somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that is our twenty fours, and I will put a mark next to Goldie and a mark next to Crot and number twenty three, Matt. Who is it for you? Stampa. Stampa. Because of all the Aryan super henchers, he's the dumbest <laughs> he just even looks that he, he looks like the reverend ted haggard i can't that believe you're preacher? doing that thing where you're talking about sorry it. you're right i can't believe you're doing <laughs> that thing i can't help it i'm excited <laughs> all right so my number 23 i feel like this is the gonna be the biggest um gap between matt and i my number 23 is helga brandt oh you think so i do think so because my number 22 is Helga Brandt. <laughs> We're going to talk about Helga Brandt. That's right. Before Crot and before Goldie. Yes. Okay. This is out of control. So let's talk about Helga Brandt. I think she is, I mean, she's serviceable. Mm-hmm. She's forgettable, though. Especially when sandwiched between Fiona Volpe and Irma Bunt. Yeah, it's almost the same. She's a mix of the two. Look. Yes, it, and they're, they're right next to each other, and we'll get to this, but I love Fiona Volpe. Sure. And I think when you follow up with Helga Brandt, it just doesn't, doesn't work as well. And uh, Helga Brandt, I like to, I'm sorry, I have to do the, go back to the Wikipedia page for the Bond villains, because I would like to read to everybody how Wikipedia describes each person's death. It is one very quick line, and... Where did I put it? There it is. Okay. So, Helga Brandt, not even killed by Bond. She is killed by Blofeld. Mm -hmm. Or as Wikipedia puts it, fed to piranhas by Blofeld for her failure to kill Bond. It's a pretty good death. (laughs) It's a pretty pretty good good death. death. It should bump it up, really. Okay. So, Helga Brandt, you have been talked about. You are our number 24. Do you want to quickly recap how these other hench people died, according to Wikipedia? We've got... We haven't mentioned them yet. Oh, you're right. I'm sorry. Boy, you have forgotten your own system. Well, I I invented it so I wouldn't have to. (laughs) I've done my part. All right. So, we are at number 22 for me, because Helga Brandt was your 22, correct? Yes. Crot. Oh, let's talk (laughs) Crot. Welcome to Crot Talk. Welcome to Crot Talk. Uh, you can also, in the summers, tune into Crot Rock on Sirius XM. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think Crot listens to? Oh, I think he's a craft work guy, probably, or like some of that like new age, um, like Norwegian metal. <laughs> oh, he's into like uh, Rammstein. Yeah, yeah. Du, yeah. Du hast mich. Um. Yeah, I mean, what is there to say about him? He's super bland. Uh, I had to be reminded of what he looked like. Right. And this is from our favorite James Bond movie. And I could only find his IMDb picture, which he has a full head of hair. Yeah. 
but not in the movie. I agree. Do you think that was a Barbara Broccoli note? In what way? Maybe she was like, I think you'd look better without hair. Maybe they wanted to get as close to Hench person as they could without going well, all the way there. And that was... Because the Sheaf has already has so many physical traits. Mm-hmm. He has asthma, he's got a scar, and he cries blood. Yeah. He does take it all away from everybody else. So. I do feel like I, I saw somewhere that they thought about doing something with the hench person, but they were like, we already got too much going on here. And they, well, I mean, they were desperately wanting to ground this. No, it was Quantum. It was talking about that villain, and they said, no, oh. he didn't want to do it. Who's he? Dominic Green didn't want to have a... Oh, yeah. no. Elvis? Yeah. No, Dominic Green. Oh, I see. Yeah. Um, well, in, in in closing, let's say how Crot died. He was shot by Mr. White at the end of the torture scene. Presumably. Uh, we never really even see it, right? You just hear it. Yeah. Uh, Maybe he's still out there. Refresh my brain. Why does, she, why does he leave Bond alive? Mr. White? Yeah. No reason. He's just doing his job, which is to kill the chief, right? I remember in the book, he Smirsh leaves him alive because it was still like a government operation and he didn't have orders to kill him. Uh, they, they talk about it in the book, and now I'm trying to remember what the reason was in the movie. Did they need him alive to get him to enter the passcode? Oh, that's exactly what it was. They needed him for the password. Right? Yes, that's right, because they had Vesper. Yeah. Okay. And they had Vesper alive, that's so they were, that's how they were going to get it. Yeah, Boy, that's good. they did a great job over there. Yeah. And that's why Krat is our number 23 <laughs> villain. It's time to hear number 21, and I believe it is... I just said Krat, so Matt? I'm going to go with Chang from Moonraker. Now, he's a serviceable henchman. Sure. We're going to talk about it if we get to him. That's right. My 21 is Elvis from Quantum of Solace. Okay. Now, number 20, I'll say my number 20, which is Chang from Moonraker. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. (laughs) Chang talk. It's Uh, Chang time. Listen, Chang has skills. He's an adept fighter. He uh, has a very memorable fight with Bond, Mm -hmm. uh, mostly because of the establishing of how expensive that glass is. (laughs) <laughs> that's true is he our only henchman that gets one scene i think so yeah um because truly jaws is the henchman in this movie but hey hey hey, that's how it goes we developed a certain i don't know bit of something but also what i like about chang is his mustache that's what i like most about or it. attempt at a mustache it's a pretty full mustache he got an eyelash for a mustache he has the hair of a 1964 beetle yeah. And the mustache of a 1932 Cary Grant. No, because a 1932 Cary Grant is purposefully trimmed that small. His is just a little bit of a whisk. Oh, you're telling me that Chang is not Cary Grant in a beetle. No, I'm telling you he's Seth MacFarlane. And oh, he does kind of look like Seth MacFarlane. Yeah. That's interesting. I mean, I do like him. He's good. And it's nice to have... He's yelling the whole time. Yeah. Does he ever say any actual words? I don't believe so. It does ring home to me how much Moonraker is literally a set of, or like a string of set pieces. So they're like, let's have a bunch of glass breaking in a fight. Let's do a boat that turns into a hang glider. A let's, snake in the water. 
not forget about a a, a, a gondola yes. that goes on the road, causing the wildlife double to react. Which then caused a podcast to pop up and make shirts. You can go to podswag.com slash bond and pick up your Kananga Balloon or Pigeon Double Take t-shirt now. By the way, uh, Chang, what I forgot about Chang is that he goes after Bond initially in full sparring gear. With the mask. Oh, that's right. <laughs> and he's not even using a real sword. Well, because he knew a lot of glass is going to be breaking. It's insane. you got to protect your eyes. Okay. Um, so that was our number 22? Uh, yes. Yes. 22. Uh, are you sure that? No, that was yeah, 21. That was, no, that was 22. We have Helga Brand at number 24, Krat at number 23, and Chang at number 22. Oh, yes. 22 for But it is time right. for you Sorry. to say you're number 20. That's right. Let's talk Goldie. <laughs> I can't believe it took so long for Goldie to arrive. Goldie appears in a fun scene. Uh, we'll first meet him in the x-ray scene when Bond is in Sakovsky's casino. Yeah. Um, that's it. That's all I got for you. I don't hate Goldie. I, well, like I don't hate him either. Kind of a funny smile, and it's not just because he's got a gold grill. He's just kind of got a lovable look to him. Was he Was he in Baz Luhrmann's Romeo and Juliet? I feel like he might have Does been. he really have those teeth? Because I feel like yes, I remember him with Yes, he does. He does have oh, those teeth. So Isn't he like a famous uh, rap person Yeah, in the so. UK? I think so. Rap person. <laughs> Hi, Matt Myra here from the Nerdist Podcast. <laughs> Welcome to Late Night White with Matt and Matt. Uh, there's a tiny part of me that wants to hit play on this World sure. Is Not Enough trailer, which I haven't seen in oh boy. in 20 years. Two minutes and 18 seconds. Do you think sorry. we could do it? Do you think we have time? Do you think we should not do it? I'm going to yeah. give you the call, buddy. Uh, let's do a little bit of it. All right. I want to see if this movie was appealing at any point. I mean, that's something you miss, right? Yeah. As the countdown begins to the 21st century, Whoa, it's good to know there is still one number you can always count on. Bond. Bond. It's a good trailer. Can't you just say hello like a normal person? Renard is behind this. He will die along with everyone in the city. We do not negotiate with terrorists. His only goal is chaos. I sent 009 to kill Renard. He put a bullet in his head. A bullet's still there. He feels no pain. He can push himself harder, longer than any normal man. No hard feelings, Mr. Bond. It appears that you have been beaten. Don't make this personal. I can't do that. I just can't help thinking I'm next. New model. The very latest in interception countermeasures. And six beverage cup holders. I've always tried to teach you two things. First, never let them see you bleed. And the second? Always have an escape plan. For the world's greatest secret agent. You've confused hundreds of these, right? When the stakes are high. Yeah, but they're usually standing still. Life's full of small challenges. And the danger hits too close to home. He has M. By noon tomorrow, you'll feel nothing at all. I thought it was your job to protect me. 
It's not just professional. Someone's tampered with the bomb. It's personal. I have to get it back or somebody's going to have my butt. First things first. I'm going to find him. Who's afraid now, <laughs> Mr. Bond? I will not miss. I never miss. Do you want to put that in English for those of us who don't speak spy? Why am I suddenly worried I'm not carrying enough insurance? Your time is up. is not enough <laughs> tell you what that looks like a good movie it really does look great except for denise richards yeah even in that it's a little wooden those are presumably her best lines too. uh and that was our tribute to goldie <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I like him i think he looks good for a henchman robbie coltrane's getting a lot of play in that trailer yeah yeah. And I'm sad that we could never list him in this henchman, but, well, but there will be, be a later list. That's right. That's right. We'll, so that's, I mean, really, that's all we have to say about Goldie. Right. Goldie double crosses um, Sikowski and uh, gets a bullet from Sikowski. Yeah. Uh, or as the uh, Wikipedia article says, he is poisoned? No. Shot by Valentin Sikowski. Okay. Anyway, back to the but list. But does he, he doesn't work for Sikowski? I'm trying to even He does remember. work for Sikowski at the beginning. He's his okay, yeah. bodyguard at it's the club. It's been a while since I've seen that one. Now, you're doing a lot of writing for someone who already had this list made. Well, I'm, I'm now... Reordering for... I'm for the what we end up for the ranking lock. them. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. All right. So, I said Chang. We talked Chang. You said Goldie. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, it's time for number 19. Yeah. Zhao. Zhao. Okay. Zhao. Number 19 for me is a talker. Oh, yeah? He's going to be our 20th hench person we talk about. Oh, yeah? And that's Elvis. Oh, Elvis. From Quantum of Solace. Uh, and according to the Wikipedia page, Elvis dies by being incinerated. That's right. By the nuclear fuel <laughs> cell the hydrogen hotel, cell hotel that's in is, Chile yeah. for some reason. That's where it is. Um, now, this guy ranked high on my list. This high, anyway? Solely because <laughs> of the smile he gives to... Is it Jeffrey Wright? When no, it's on to the David Harbour, isn't it? I don't remember, but it is such an endearing, strange, weird little smile. It's also, the other thing I like about Elvis um, is his hair. He's got a toupee, yeah. He's got a toupee, and it's not a great stylish cut or anything like that. It's, right. It's it's a little mop top. It's from the Chang school. It is. <laughs> it's a high and tight Chang. It's a... <laughs> I like him. I, I I mean, he doesn't do much. Yeah. In fact, he's not very effective because he gets tripped downstairs by Strawberry Fields. The, well, the villain has to like actually hold his arm up when he has a gun in his hand and point it at the direction Bond will be coming in that hotel. Yes. He's a really ineffectual... I would handmaid. describe him as uh, indicative of Dominic Green's hiring practices. He doesn't do a great job of hiring. Yeah, that's true. An effective hench- henchman. I mean, did you see who he hired to sweep the outside of his uh, <laughs> yes. court? One of the, the guy best wasn't even, of all time. Guy wasn't even sweeping. <laughs> Most of you probably know about this, but it is worth just Googling, I guess, Quantum of Solace No, I think literally gift. you can Google worst extra ever. Yeah. And that is the gift that will we come We won't up. even tell you. Just check it out. Uh, okay, Elvis, you, you, you did okay. I also love his real name. 
Not his character's real name, but the actor. Anatole Taubman? Anatole Taubman. He is, by the way, I think a pretty, like, I mean, he's a reasonably handsome Swiss man. Yeah, yeah. He's in Taken. He pops up a lot here and there. He has the look of um, of uh, he John. Look, um, he kind of looks like Dent. He looks like he looks like John Cazale. Yeah, he does. He really does. He has the John Cazale look to him. Late great John. Cazale. I'm smart. <laughs> He's Michael. Kinda, his character Michael. is kind of a Fredo of henchmen. He's the Fredo of henchmen. Whoa. Yeah. That's some good casting. Way to go, Barb. <laughs> I'm always going to think Barbara Broccoli's in charge of henchman casting because of the <laughs> the Tomorrow Never Dies. <laughs> when I was reading the... Remember when I was reading about Stomper? What was it? Hang on. I've got a very handsome German man here oh, that you're going to want to see. <laughs> okay. So, Elvis, thank thank you for stopping by. Uh, I gave my Zao at number 19. And that was... Elvis was my 19 as well. Okay. So, so on to you for 18. Well... It's a talkie. Stomper. Oh, Stomper. Oh, Stomper. Dr. Kaufman was a mentor of mine. <laughs> so we talked about him a lot on the last uh, Tomorrow Never Dies, two movies ago, I guess, for us. And at the end of the day, he's... I mean, he makes it to the very end of the movie. He is killed... Longer than the... Yeah. After the villain. We That's a rare classification that i think we found another one i forget oh t um baron samity mm-hmm. and knickknack oh knickknack and winton kid and jaws okay so not as rare as we thought <laughs> yeah i guess not um all right what's to say i mean you know my feelings on this i don't even need to articulate anybody that's listened to more than one episode of this podcast knows i don't want to bore them but <coughs> he just <laughs> He's just low rent to me, you know? <laughs> Someone loaded a clip and called it Tomorrow Never Dies clip, Mr. Stomper. And it's someone just recorded off of their television, <laughs> not even uploading the clip directly. And it's just the scene where Stomper's killing the British sailors. Was that you is my only question? It was me. Okay. Uh, that's in his reel. All right. All right. Number 18 for me is Irma Bunt. Irma Bunt is number 18 for you. Okay. Yeah. All right. So we did Stomper. Stomper's gone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, here's here's my number 17 mm-hmm. is, I feel like, uh, going to be our greatest distance now that you informed me that Helga Brandt wasn't our greatest distance. Uh-huh. Fiona Volpe. Yeah, possibly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the danger of a two-person list. That's right. Whoever made the other list gets the wins, right? I mean, it's... Whoever, yeah, whoever ranks them higher gets to talk about them later. Yeah. Oops. But it doesn't mean that they'll fall that way in the overall rankings. Oops. What are you doing? I don't know. There's a, just a huge piece of plastic over here. I don't... Oh, that's from is. the light in the uh, kitchen that I have been trying to fix for weeks. <laughs> Honestly. I think the wiring's fucked upstairs. Oh, really? I've been, like, tripping fuses, trying to get it to go. Replaced all four bulbs. It's out of control. I'm sorry. I'm really annoyed by it. I'm sorry. Anyway, so Fiona Volpe is my 17. You're 17, Matt. Emil Loke. Oh. It's worth mentioning that I had Kriegler at like 21, I think. 
Kriegler, you had at 21. Loke moved up to 17. Yeah. That's pretty good. I do That's like a pretty him. good jump. We'll get to that. But All right. My number 16 is Dent. Professor Dent. Pro Dent. My number 16 uh-huh. is Dario. Honeymoon. Honeymoon. All right. Dario gets a mark. We are now moving into number 15. We've gone two rounds without talking. Number 15 for me? Yeah. Patrice. (sighs) (sighs) Number 15 is going to be a talking round. Ooh, who is it? Zhao. Oh, boy. It is Zhao. Everybody, you know Zhao. You love him. He's the diamond face killer. That's right. Diamonds in the cheek. Look, for a movie like Die Another Day, why not have a henchman like Zhao put some diamonds in? Do you remember the character um, posters? No, I don't think so. Uh, I'd remember them well. And, like and bus I, stop posters, that kind of yeah, thing? Yeah, and I really liked, I liked Zhao's. Let me see. When I first saw, well, let me see if I can pull it up. Oh. When Zhao was uh, first shown to me through a poster, I was very excited for Die Another Day. Hmm. And, uh, you know, I saw it. I saw it opening day, and let's just say I saw it. How many Bond movies? Oh, yeah, I do remember that. I was like, oh, a villain. I'm into this. How many Bond movies do diamonds factor heavily into the plot? Let's see. Here's the problem with your Bond films. Yeah. Um, The only things that they can deal with are economic crises and nuclear explosions that's true and diamonds <laughs> well i think diamonds fall into the economic crises section of, oh, yeah. of talk is there yeah. are there diamonds in octopusy yes there are right there's a little bag of diamonds that they yes swap with the egg or something zao by the way Living dies daylight. here's perhaps my favorite of the of the wikipedia death listings yes zao Crushed by ice chandelier. <laughs> uh, if I had a dime. I wish it said in a jaguar. <laughs> <laughs> it's really ridiculous. Um, so, yeah. I mean, he does a good job. Yeah, I mean, he's he's a formidable henchman. He's kind of like one of those, you know, that class of henchmen that is on Bond's par in yeah. terms of like, dexterity and he also style. i like ricky yoon a lot rick yoon i suppose is how he actually prefers to be credited um was a, different was a big fan of him in in your in your fast and fury eye um but uh yeah he died in an ice palace in iceland in november of 2002 mm. and he will be missed distinguishing features diamonds embedded in right side of face genetically altered albino complexion <laughs> nationality north korea occupation North Korea agent. Affiliation, Gustav Graves. Status, deceased. Impaled by diamond chandelier. This is saying a diamond chandelier. Wikipedia is saying an ice chandelier. Who am I going to believe? I can't even remember the <laughs> plot. I know they switch. But they switch in what? The end, in the end, it's actually Zhao who is the villain, right? No. Graves... Gustav Graves is actually Colonel Moon's son. That's right. Yes. Okay. Got it. Yeah. All right. 
Where are we now? He died in November 2002 over the Korean demilitarized zone. <laughs> this one's for you, Tan Sun Moon, <laughs> a.k.a. Gustav Graves. <laughs> All right. It's time for number 16. Uh, Wait, weren't we on... F- it's 15. I said Patrice. You said... Zhao. Zhao. Yeah. So it's now time for my number 14, Irma. Irma Bunt. Oh, it's time to talk Bunt. <laughs> Let's talk bunt. Get your Irma bunt cakes out, everybody. Yeah. Oh, that I'm very hungry right now. That would be good. Too. Irma bunt cake. Do you want a Lara bar? No. I... Can you let me offer you some food in your own home? <laughs> would you like a Lara bar? I had one. I found one in my pocket. We well, might... we have a box right here. Maybe I'll get I'm one. thinking about breaking into that pretty Maybe, soon. Yeah, I might get to one around number 12. All right. I like that. I like that. Okay, so Irma bunt. <laughs> She, I think she's actually so highly ranked for me because of how the movie ends. Is your phone on airplane mode? No, oh, sorry. Because we're getting a lot of feedback over there. I shouldn't have done that. Um, I, she, in the annals of Bond history, she holds a special place because she kills Tracy. Yeah, that's that automatically bumps her up a notch or two. It's got to be worth three notches. At least, yeah. Yeah. Um, otherwise, I mean, I like her interactions with the ladies of each race. She's also benefits from any other henchman really in that film at all. The other guy we talked about was the dude that gets killed by Tracy with the you nail know, bed. The, the nail bed wall art. <laughs> the nail bed wall art. Um, it, yeah. I mean, what do you do? She uh, strongly resembles Rosa Klebb, according to some sources. I say, hey, do you think, don't you think we should do that film, not to plan, like, choose for one of us, but I think we should do that film in December because it's a Christmas movie. Yeah. Okay. I love it. Let's, we're going to do it. Keep it. In don't mind. forget your license to kill is next week, everybody. That's right. Uh, license revoked. <laughs> um, what else can we say about Irma Bunt? She works directly for Blofeld. Big, big check mark in the henchman category. Yeah. And, uh, you know, she kills Tracy. But in the books, they're married, I think. She's his wife. Oh. I believe. And I think Bond kills her right before he kills Blofeld. Well, you got to do what you got to do, you know? That's true. Um, okay. Irma Bunt, you've been talked about. <laughs> Irma Bunt, you've been talked about. <laughs> Number. What number is this? It's a good question. We always lose this. No, I, I lost it because I fucked up my list. Oh, number 13. I have Dario. So it is time. Wait, we can't be on 13 because I haven't said my 14 yet. Oh, what's your 14? Was Bunt your 14? Yes. Okay, my 14 is a talker. Oh, we're going to go talker, talker. Because I spoiled it. Patrice. Oh, Patrice. Patrice is ranked where he is ranked for me, which is much lower than you, because he doesn't make it very long into the movie. But he has two pretty significant scenes. He has two huge fights with Bond. One of which, the one on the skyscraper, is one of the better fights in a Bond movie. Not necessarily... Mm, oh, but Visually, style, yes. Yeah, that's what I mean. Visually, yes. Can you think of a better visual fight in a James Bond movie? Well, I mean, there's a few in Man with the Golden Gun in that fun house, you know? Yeah. I just think, wow, mm, so many boy. dummies around. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when Scaramanga's uh, fighting that gangster, that 40s gangster. <laughs> that is a good scene. 
what is he? Is that is that? He looks like a shady acre acorn. Oh, shady tree. Shady tree. He. I think you're thinking that because that actor is also in Diamonds Are Forever. He's one of the. Oh, he's spang, one of the. He's one of the mob boys. Yeah, he's one of the. Oh, so do you think that's the same character? It can't be. Why? Oh, it can. He doesn't die in Bond, does he? No. What if it's the same character and oh they're so connected? Oh my god, the continuity. Why is there more continuity for a two-bit mafia hood than, than there is for Felix Leiter's? <laughs> Do you think they just, every Felix Leiter... I mean, okay, starting with Jack Lord, you end up with someone who obviously probably didn't do it because he was busy on Hawaii Five-0 and would have cost more money? I think he wanted more money, yeah. Yeah. So, after him, though... <laughs> Why couldn't they just bring back all these lore, all these? I guess the next lighters. one would have been C. Slender. Yeah, Goldfinger. Uh huh. And then immediately they went to that Thunderball. Yeah, guy. Why? I don't know. That's one of the great mysteries lost to time. They ke- they keep Money Penny. I mean, you're talking about parts that are in the movies. Maybe should they be thought repeated. once they weren't going to have Jack Lord back. Why raise someone's salary to come back a second? They time? only repeated lighters are um what's his face from live and let die david hedison david hedison and jeffrey wright right that's right yeah boy mm-hmm. but yeah patrice i mean the fight on the train is very cool he's got a whole chase he's got a chase a fight on top of a train and a skyscraper battle yeah and he is up on a board at mi6 up on a computer screen at MI6. That's right. Which I think is also, it adds to the henchman lore. I think so too. He he manages to drive a car, a motorcycle, get on a train, ride an elevator. The only thing he doesn't do building. is boat. Right. He's got a pretty cool gun. He's got that fully automatic, I don't know if it's a Glock or what, but it has that drum magazine. Yeah. Double drum magazine? Yeah. Or a single? I no, it's remember. a double drum. It looks like balls. <laughs> <laughs> He's Numi Rapace's brother. Is he? Yeah. Wow. Learn a lot on this James Bonding podcast. That's why we're here. Uh, Patrice uh, dies, obviously. He screams um, like you don't expect. That's what I like. I like when my henchmen scream. Like Necros. <laughs> That and does Patrice, give you some Necros points. It gives them humanity. You want humanity from your henchmen? I do, ultimately. you want. Uh, there's no one that's not afraid to die. I don't believe it. Patrice fell off skyscraper to his death. Fell off? <laughs> fell off. <laughs> they they uh, call him Balosh. They, that sounds like a Bond henchman. Fell off? Fell off. I've been chasing fell off halfway across the globe. He is wearing sneakers. I do love that. Well, I think he's casual. He's smart casual, you know? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Okay. We'll be right back after this. Hey, everyone. There's a new podcast from our friends over at the Stitcher Network. It's a serious, in-depth look at the story of Heaven's Gate. You might remember Heaven's Gate from the footage all over TV. The uniforms, purple shrouds, and black Nikes, and people who believed they'd be taken to heaven in a UFO. Well, there is so much more to the story than that. The new podcast, Heaven's Gate, talks to people who lost loved ones and people who still believe. To understand the cult's mysteries, whatever you think you know, prepare to be surprised. 
It's hosted by Glenn Washington, who grew up in a cult. And if you've heard his other show, Snap Judgment, you know this will be good. Hear it for yourself. Subscribe to Heaven's Gate, the podcast, for free, wherever you listen, like Stitcher or Apple Podcasts. Mad and Mad and Mad Podcast. All right, everybody. We're back. Patrice, we'll miss you. last one. That's right. Before we go into the rest of our ranking, let's check in with the uh, Kriegler-Loke runoff here. And it seems very clear that we, you know, we did the right thing. It's now 60 to 40% that Loke is the best choice for the henchman. Wow. Thank you, fans, for coming through by following Matt Gorley on Twitter on a Tuesday night at 11. That's right. And we haven't even spoken about Loke yet, so clearly it's... Better for the show. One of us enjoys him more than the other. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, it's not up. I was playing our our next uh, our next talk about, which is Dario. This is number what for you? This is number 13, 13 for me. 13, Dario. Dario. It's number 15 on the total ranking. Oh, that's interesting. Honeymoon. Honeymoon. What else does he say in there? He has another line like that. I think he's uh, just hes just the bee's knees. I flip you. <laughs> I love you. You need keys to kind of Um, What do you have to say about him? He is acting better than everybody in the movie. <laughs> better than he ever has. Uh... You don't, uh, you're not a, you're not a Del Toro? No, I like him. It's going to be curious to see what he plays in The Last Jedi. Ooh. What if he's the... Uh, how much would it piss you off? If. He's just Dario. Uh-uh. He's the collector from the Avengers Guardians of the Galaxy situation. What if he was the same guy? Wait, wasn't he in a post-credit se- sequence like from... Eight years ago, and has he ever shown up in one of these movies? I think the he's, Marvel movies. I think he's in the Hulk <laughs> or Thor Ragnarok. The Ragnarok. <laughs> the Ragnarok. The Ragnarok. Do you remember when? Because everybody saw Guardians. Well, he's in Guardians. Everybody saw License to Kill, and then years later, he became more famous for Usual Suspects or whatever. Yeah. Do you remember where you were? People remember where they were when Kennedy was shot. Uh-huh. Where were you when you realized Benicio del Toro was in License to Kill? That's a good question. I think I even did it when I wasn't watching it. Like I saw him in another movie. I went, where do I know that guy from? <laughs> well, you know, I just want to give a shout out to Benicio. and I think I figured it out probably later than most. I'm going to say 1995. Okay. Yeah. He's but, like 21 in this movie. And he's great. Mm-hmm. He uh, died at the Olympitech Meditation Institute. One of the more gruesome deaths. Like, that's up there with Piranha. I, I think it'd be worse. I think I'd rather go by Piranha. He'd rather go by Piranha than by a Shredder? The- I mean, his is probably quicker, but that, just thinking that your first thing you're going to get it are like your shins. <laughs> your shins do have a lot of, uh, um, I don't know, uh, 
sense, like uh, nerve endings, yeah. it seems like. I don't ever want anything to do with shin pain. Would you rather be hit in the shins? No. Hang on. I'm going to give you two choices. Matt Gorley, would you rather be hit in the shins with a medium-sized dowel? Oh. Or step unexpectedly on a Lego while barefoot? I'll take the Lego because I've done that many times. <laughs> You're going to take the Lego? Yeah. Oh, boy. You're very different than me. I think I'd I rather be hit a, like, by a medium-sized towel. I've come from a calloused foot family because I had a lot of Legos when I was a kid, and my little brothers used to just walk over them like it was nothing, and I think maybe I did too. Like, that's just genetically something we can do. Or were you always in houses with carpeting? Were you always playing with Legos on carpet? Yeah. Because if you're doing that, oh, that's true, then yeah. that's going to step, that's going to seep into the carpet. You're not getting full Lego power. Fair enough. Okay, but so... But also, if, you, if they're, like, heavily packed... Just like a nail bed. Yeah. You're a little better off. Yeah. Or, you know, if Tracy Bond throws that guy through a Lego bed. That's right. Is he dead? Or if James Bond is running through an Indian bazaar and a <laughs> fakir is lying down on a Lego bed, does it make a sound? That is a great, great question. Um, so Dario tries to murder Bond on the cocaine conveyor belt. And ends up going down himself. On the cocaine trail to hell. I like that it's never said, but it's almost implied like he's Sanchez's nephew or something. And he's like trying to give him a job in the family business or something. <laughs> the uh, Walther P5 is the gun in License to Kill. Oh, right. Which is seen in Octopussy and License to Kill. Who has an Octopussy? Orlov? James Bond. No. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. I don't know about that. Oh, I do know about that. Where? When? Where? When? It's his. It's his sidearm, bro. No. <laughs> really? Yeah. That looks like a PPK to me. Show me again. Are you sure? Someone else. Oh, be damned. I mean, the gun. It yeah. does look like a PPK. You're right. You're right. But it's a little newer looking. Yeah. Look, I know when I'm wrong. All right. All right, Dario. Great job. That was your number 13? That was my number 13. Okay. It's time to have another discussion. Oh, who Professor could it be? Professor Dent. Dent. Harvey Dent? No, that's too fast. <laughs> Matt, <laughs> this is unbelievable. Of the, of the list now that we have gone through, we are at number 13. Yeah. There are only two people. Right. That we one of us has mentioned, the other one hasn't, which means that our top half of this list is is very agreed upon. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> very exciting. All right, Dent gets a high ranking for me. I mean, at sixteen, because of the way he dies. <laughs> it's almost dance like because it's boom, boom, boom. And it's like Twyla Tharp or whatever. Yeah. That kind of like, or no, I guess it's more Fosse or something. I don't know, but he's a proto henchman more than anything. Yeah. They're still finding their henchmen sea legs. But the way Bond waits him out with that vodka mm -hmm. just has a just has a good time. He has a great face. Uh-huh. And, you know. He's, he's a reluctant henchman. He's tricked by pillows. Yes. Which makes for a real dumb henchman. And a good name for a Bond girl. <laughs> Trixie Pillows. 
Hello, Mr. Van Hunt, Trixie Pillows. Of course you are. Oh, well, I asked for a fluffer. Uh, yeah, so that's that's uh, Dent. Okay. We really like him. Yeah, I do too. But not enough to rank him much higher than he is. Right. If you have any questions, comments, or complaints about our ranking process... Write your clergyman or congressman. Write in to Comedy Bang Bang. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, he does have a very emotive uh, schnoz. Yeah, he's got that like great English look, but it's gaunt. Like he's got that um, like like he rationed too much during World War II when he was living there, and never quite recovered. He also has the. Um, uh, I'm going to look it up if we can hear it, but the the. He's the great, great line that's a Smith and Wesson. You've had your six. Oh, yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah. It's me. Um, putting that silencer on the PPK. Just jump in here to the pillow. Stop it, Professor. I'm behind you. I like the way Dent dresses, too. Tucks his tie in. It's funny, I thought you'd turn up sooner or later. Sit down. The girl talked. But of course. What game was he playing? Some kind of solitaire. Did you see Godfather 3? Yeah. He looks like the like cardinal or the bishop that they deal with. Oh, yeah. Immobiliare. You made no reference to the fact that Strangway's samples were radioactive. Very clever, Mr. Bond. This is one of those. It's one of those YouTube clips that uh, fucks with the audio, so it can't be caught by the copyright searching bots. How do they do that? You shoot me and you'll end up. Oh, it phases in and out. Well, it's phasing in and out, and it's slowing. He was killed, but never mind how. Who are you working for, Professor? You might as well know as you want to use the information. Bold choice, like. Smith and Wesson, and you've had your six. <laughs> Doesn't even bother to get the information out of him. He's got a khaki coat and like beige pants. There. Is your problem that there are two different tones of ca- of khaki? I have no problem with it. I like it. I would think, oh, I can't do that, <laughs> but clearly you can. I don't know if you should go around trying that. Why? I don't know. Dent? That's it. Dent's, according to the controversy, Death's de- Dent's death scene was controversial because it showed James Bond killing a man in cold blood. Blood? <laughs> Even though Ian Fleming had conceived the character as one who was authorized to commit such actions, in none of his novels is Bond shown acting in this manner. Hmm. According to James Bond Legacy, the filmmakers needed a scene to illustrate the license to kill concept and, in fact, had originally filmed the scene to show Bond firing several more bullets into Dent, but ultimately removed all but the first two shots. Some televised broadcasts 
removed Bond's second shot. Hmm. And here's some trivia okay. about Dent. He does not appear in the Dr. No novel and is exclusive to the film. There is a professor character in the novel, but his name is not given, and he is not implicated to be working with the enemy in any capacity. Huh. Anthony Dawson, the actor portraying Dent, met director Terence Young when he was working as a stage actor in London. By the time of the film's shooting, Dawson was working as a pilot and crop duster in Jamaica. Doesn't he also play Blofeld in From Russia With Love, I think, or something like he that? He sure does, and Thunderball. Yeah. Good work. His face is never seen, and his voice was dubbed by Eric Pullman. He is only the second villain that is killed by James Bond. Meaning the chauffeur? Yeah, after the three blind mice. Yeah. Dee dee dee. <laughs> All right. Okay. Dent, you really, I think you got a great send off from us. Yeah, I know. You ranked higher than I thought. Well done. What number are we on now? I think 12. Yeah, you're right. It's time for everybody's favorite middle villain, Gabinda. That's my number 12 as well. <laughs> oh Are you God. kidding? No. That's amazing. You well, really didn't think we were going to be anywhere near each other on that. He ends up coming at number 13 on the both of our ranking. Sure. Gobinda. All right. What can we say about Gobinda? He's a good-looking man. He uh, have you seen him? Is in he the, the most handsome of the of the henchmen? He might be because if you see him in the um, inside Octopussy interviews, he's dashing as hell. I mean, he is a he is he is a handsome motherfucker. Yeah, let's see. I mean, it's certainly not a Stamper. You know, uh, what can we say? About Zhao's him? pretty good looking. Patrice is good looking. Yeah. Um, well, Fiona Volpe, I think, is gorgeous. Dario's good-looking. Um, Zinia on the top, Necros. I don't know, but Kabir Badi. Is that his name? Yeah. So he crushes some backgammon dice. Yes, which is very, very hearkening to odd jobs. Yeah. Um, he refers to Kamel Khan as your excellency, which mm. is very villainous. Yeah. He is dispatched by an airplane antenna slap to the face. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to get an airplane antenna to the face... Okay, would you rather be slapped in the shins by an airplane antenna? Yeah. Or fly an airplane into a Lego factory? (laughs) Wait, when he gets slapped and he flies away, does he scream? Continuing the great humanitarian... I mean, the humanity of a hench person? Do you Uh, remember... When he's flying away? I feel like he does. I don't remember. I can't remember. How many of these hench people scream? <laughs> if you know how many hench people scream. <laughs> I mean, he does fall from an aircraft. I got to feel like if they didn't put the fucking Wilhelm scream in there, right. they put something in there. Yeah. Uh, Gabinda was similar to Necros. This is according to the trivia of the James Bond Wikia. They were large men, fiercely loyal to their boss. Mm-hmm. Both seemed to overpower Bond in an even fight, and both men died from being thrown from an airplane in flight. Yeah, both wearing parachutes under their jackets. <laughs> uh, but Gabinda, you're 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 remembered for your abilities with the sword, your 
politeness to your boss, and ultimately, your dice-crushing ways. And your use of a blunderbuss. That is true. You right? do use an antique blunderbuss. And for that, we thank you. We, we salute, salute you, you, Gabinda. We salute you. All right, it's time for number 11. For me? Go. Well, we just talked about him. Necros. Well, there we are. Necros is almost going to be talked about. Xenia on a top. Ooh, you got her me. lower than I thought you would have her. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Listen. Huh. I liked the RCP-90, which was the gun she had in the GoldenEye video game. Hmm. Anyway. Okay. Uh, so that's my number 11. Number 10 for you, Mr. Matt Gorley. Let's talk Fiona Volpe. All right. Fiona Volpe ranks 17 for me, 10 for you, and the average is... Number 12. <laughs> Interesting. All right. <laughs> How does that work? It's not an average, though. It's not that's an average. It's just yeah. two of us. Um, I, I'm, I'm, like, I'm willing to bump her up five points just the way she delivers James Bond's name. Mr. Bond, James Bond. <laughs> uh, Fiona Volpe, I think, suffers from being in one of my least favorite uh, movies. Well, she's a shining... Beacon Shining to me in beacon. that movie. I think she's just terribly sexy. She is probably she. I mean, she gets that motorcycle. She's got a pretty cool motorcycle. She's got it all. So that's good. That's a vehicle. That's a vehicle with gadgets that she's got. How does she die? Oh, she's shot, she's shot in the... by the yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. At the kiss kiss bang bang. That's right. Uh. In the Bahamas. Mr. Bond, James Bond. Oh, and the, the, she's in the bath, and he, uh, she asks him for something to wear, and he gives her a little washcloth. But of course, I forgot your ego, Mr. Bond, James Bond. The one where he has to make love to a woman, and she starts to hear heavenly choirs singing. She repents and turns to the side of right and virtue, but not this one. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it's late. It is late. <laughs> I was young. I'm surprised we're getting through this. <laughs> we're close. Uh, ready? Yeah. I'm going to read some trivia. Okay. About uh, Fiona Volpe. The death of Fiona has been the source of debate by Bond film fans for years. Mm, up there with Dent. Due to the unambiguous nature in which her killing is filmed to some, Bond intentionally uses Fiona as a human shield to protect himself against a bullet, which would make Fiona the first woman in the film in the Bond film series to be killed by 007. Hmm. Uh, her death is otherwise similar to that of Felicia from the Spy Who Loved Me. Felicia, Felisa, Felicia. I'm trying to remember who that is. I don't know. The latter was also shot in the oh, back when he goes to that woman's house looking for whoever. Yeah, Fakesh or the difference is Fiona is used by Bond as a human shield, whereas Felicia spun herself into the bullet of Sandor. Yeah, that... She does, doesn't she? Uh, in the remake of Never Say Never, Never Say Never Again, Fiona Volpe is slightly modified and re-presented as Fatima Blush. Right, which I think it would have to be the choice for the hench person of that, because otherwise you got the guy that fights him in the... right. That guy from Raiders. The character did not appear in the novel of the same name and was made up exclusively for the film. Fiona makes a brief appearance during the opening credits of On Her Majesty's Secret Service alongside several mm. other characters from the franchise, including Honey Rider, Oric Goldfinger, and Amelia Lockrow in the opening credits. 
I love the name Fiona Volpe. That's a great name. Fiona is a good name. Volpe is a good last name. And the two together are two tastes that taste great. And I'm happy with her ranking in our list because of the fact that she drives a pretty cool motorcycle. Fiona Volpe. Coming in at And she's a great clay pigeon shot. (laughs) All right. Okay. Uh, I had Xenia on a top. It is time for my number 10, correct? Um, At 11, I had Xenia on a top. Yeah, I said Volpe for 10. Okay. Number 10 for me, Hinks. Mm. Okay. Your number 10, Matt? Uh, My 10 was Volpe. I'm sorry. Number 9, Xenia on a top. All right, it's time to talk on a top. Uh, she's memorable. I mean, we're getting into the, we're getting into the good graces here. She's memorable. She's got, uh, Famke Janssen plays her. She has the, uh, strongest thighs in the business. She's just outside the top 10 here coming in at a number 11 on the double list. <laughs> she, uh, works for the Giannis syndicate, which probably would have been Spectre had they had the rights. Oh yeah. She's great. The, the character's a little bonkers. Characters super bonkers. For that movie, even a little too much. But she, you know what? She does an amazing job with it. Um, she's charming. Yeah. She uh, is almost believably crazy. Not quite. She's a little too crazy. Uh-huh. And I think, that is, I think that's why she's so low on my list. Mm. And by low, I mean number 10. Yeah. But... Uh, Xenia? I'm surprised I had her higher than you. (laughs) (laughs) We have got a long way to go here. What should we do? What do you mean? I mean, we could finish this over Skype tomorrow morning. We can't quit. Uh, You're you're fading. No, I'm fine. I'm good to go. (laughs) All right. We got this. I mean, we're coming in the top ten here. All right. This is exciting. I can't let this go and don't mistake i yawn all day long i don't even know it's very late for you i understand no it's okay i don't even know what time matt gorley goes to bed usually i just i don't uh and I because mean, of xenia's death being so weird i want to hear what wikipedia says okay xenia on a top pulled against tree by falling her- helicopter Jesus. and her repelling harness crushes her yeah it is a pretty gruesome death not graphically, but just... She died in Cuba. Yeah. Just like all the best. There are worse things. Okay. That was your... That was my number nine? Did you do a number nine? Number nine. Number nine. Number nine. Number nine. Number nine. Mayday. Mayday? Yeah. Seems a little low. Seems a little low for Mayday. I think it seems right about right for Mayday. Hmm. Hmm. We'll see about that. What's your number nine? My number nine was on a top, so it's oh, on it's, to number eight. So your number eight is? Hanks. Time to talk Hanks. He's in the top ten. Hanks is the best Daniel Craig era villain. Unquestionably. Henchman. I mean, by a long shot. Yeah. He is unique looking. He is strong. He is He has a thing where he doesn't say a word. But he's also kind of like dapper and gentlemanly. I mean, he He's, knows how to put on a pork pie cap. He knows how to put on... drive a Land Rover. Like sharp steel Lee press on nails. Yes. I forgot about his thumbnails. Yeah, and the way he cleans himself off, it's 
It's pretty good. Yeah. The only thing I don't like, it's not his fault. When he speaks, it's for a dumb gag. And I can deal with that, but the ADR is so bad. What does he say? Shit. Oh. It just sounds like a cartoon voice, and it's like the volume doesn't match the amount you can tell his lips move. So it's just, it just feels (laughs) weird. There's something off. Shit. But is it safe to say that along with your wig dar, you have ADR dar? <laughs> now, the thing about him getting sucked out of the plane, I mean, out of the train, was that an intentional we could bring him back like Yes, Jaws? I think, think 100%. So? And I think, honest to God, I think he will be back in the next movie. I think, yeah, especially if they do the Spectre thing. I've asked him to clear his schedule, so we'll see. God, I hope they get Jeffrey Wright back. They better. What's he doing right now? Jeffrey Wright? Yeah. Westworld. Yeah. But that's already shooting. Yeah. They'll be done. Jeffrey, if you're listening, please come back. Please. David Harbour, get out of that Hellboy makeup and get into a Bond oh, movie also. I would love it. Love it. Come on. Get him in there. That'd be great. All right. What's your number eight? My number eight is, it's a talking round, Matt. Necros. Oh, let's do it. All right, Necros. We saw. We talked a lot about him yeah, last week. We could let this go. He uh, is blonde. He's handsome. He kills people with headphones. He screams when he kills. It's about as eighties as you can get. Where is everybody gone? He kills to the pretenders. Oh, uh, you want some trivia about him? Yeah. In the video for the theme song, A View to a Kill, lead singer Simon LeBond is dressed in almost the exact same way as Necros, complete with blonde hair and is wearing a hat and carrying a stereo. And just like Necros, by pressing buttons inside the stereo, LeBond can automatically trigger explosions. However, it should be noted that A View to a Kill is from 1985 and The Living Daylights being released two years later in 1987, so it's possible Necros' appearance was based on or around LeBond's appearance. come on. And the other bit of trivia, the death of Necros is quite similar to that of Gabinda. Oh, yeah. yeah. Vindicated. So, I mean, look, he's a milkman. He's great. He's he's a balloon seller. He's great. <laughs> he's a spotlight operator. He's great. He's he a blends door. into places. He Saboteur. is good at being in disguise. Which you wouldn't think would be the case because he's so distinguished looking. He's so handsome. He's yeah. very handsome. Yeah, he's good. Who's more handsome? Gabinda or Necros? They both die the same way. Therefore, therefore, equalizing their handsome. Exactly. Yeah. He died in the autumn of 1986 in Afghanistan. Hmm. I'll miss you, Necros. Goodbye, Necros. We both saluted. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay, so number eight for you was... Hinks. And number seven for me Uh is... Loke or Locke. It's time to for talk your eyes only, only for you. <laughs> I don't know either. Um, yeah. What do you? Here's. I think he's ranking so high for me because of the Q scene. Yeah, there's that look. 
This he did, I had him at what? I had him at 17, but I like him. I think he's one of those henchmen that has an X factor. Like he has it. I can't put my finger on it. Yeah. But there's something about him. Yeah, I think it's that, not just I think the that while we're Zivon talking thing. about these. Oh, jeez, that scared the crap out of me. Did it really? Yeah. Mm, I understand. But I think while we talk about each villain now, we oh, can sure. just get that going. Yeah. Um his glasses, he's got like hexagonal glasses or octagonal glasses. Yeah. I can't remember. They're hard they're hard angles. It's not your typical circle situation. Yeah. He has a great death. Yeah. I love his oh, death. This goes with why I, what I like about certain henchmen. He, you could tell he's afraid to die too. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Odd job, not afraid to die. Right. Stays behind to die. That's true. That's very true. Loke does not want to die. He is the secondary antagonist and henchman in the 1981 film For Your Eyes Only. Hmm. He dies in Albania. He runs over somebody in a beach buggy. That's right. He kills Liesl. And uh, his car. I love the way his. I love how he dies. I really do. Yeah. Recovering from the explosion, 007 sees Locke's car pulling away and gives chase on foot. After intercepting Locke at the summit of a hill, he shoots the enforcer in the shoulder, causing him to lose control of the vehicle. Though not killed by the gunshot, the car is left hanging precariously over the edge of a cliff. Mm. You left this with Ferrara, I believe. Mm. Approaching the tottering car, Bond holds up the dove pin, which the enforcer left on the body of Ferrara. He returns it to its rightful owner, tossing it into the passenger window with him. And as the ground begins to give way, 007 coldly kicks the car over the edge, sending the screaming murderer to his death. Mm. <laughs> All right. I think we gave him his due. Yeah. Okay. That was your number seven, right? Yeah. It's worth noting that I'm about to say number seven, and there's only one person that's been mentioned. The rest have not been mentioned. Crazy. My number seven is Teehee. Oh, interesting. Can't believe you'd rank him at number seven. <laughs> there's so many good ones. It's I not know. a fault of his. There are so well, many I ranked good him ones. at number six, so let's talk about him. Ooh. See what I did there? Uh well, I think we uh I think we know what this needs. We need yeah. a little we need a little uh bump 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 and as soon as this ad for Happy Death Day do you remember, was it on the show when we had Derek Miller on and he talked about how he helped shoot some of the interviews for those inside series of documentaries that when they went to visit him, he was kind of like living in a really like shoddy apartment and hoarding stuff. And it made, it kind of broke my heart. The guy that played Teehee. Oh, no. Yeah. That sounds like something Derek would tell us. <laughs> He's a good henchman. I love his monologue when he's feeding the crocodiles. 
Uh-huh. Seems like they could have figured out a way to make the fake arm seem not a full foot longer than his normal arm. Well, you don't know how he had that design. What if it had other accessories in it? I see. Like a Swiss Army What if it was like one of those, um, you know, one of those hex uh, screwdriver bits that was Phillips head on one side. Pull it out, flip it over. Oh, it's yeah. flathead. Okay. So maybe so it's got to be room right? for it. Yeah. Flip it over, and it becomes like tongs. Of course, we know this is not the case because it's like cable attached to his muscle. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> of course. Of course, we know it's <laughs> not the case. I have a T-shirt with Teehee on it. <laughs> I do. <laughs> All right. <laughs> you said it like hobbly okay. when I see it. Okay. Sure you do, my friend. Oh boy, Grandpa's sure you do. gotten off uh, his meds. Let's talk about henchman qualifications that Teehee is hitting. Because he's hitting a lot. That's right. Physical deformity. Yeah. Or difference. Nickname. Nickname. Uh, he's, uh, he, he has seen, tries to kill Bond. He's sent on a mission. On sent a train, on a mission. On a train to get him. Um, he can handle raw meats. He, he's killed in an interesting way. That's most people. But yeah, do, do they ever? They probably do in the book. Do they ever get to why his name is Teehee? Like he doesn't giggle or anything in the movie. I know he should giggle, right? Yeah, I can't remember what it is in the book. Might There's be no, time to go through these books. No again. trivia. Should we do a James Bonding book club? Next year when we need more episodes If we do another year We will We're always oh. going to be doing this oh, podcast wow. There's so much to talk about I know, that's true Especially if they expand the universe Oh my god What are you trying to It'll do to level. these poor listeners? <laughs> They're fine Alright All right. If that hurt your ears uh, Please email comedybangbang Bang. <laughs> <laughs> Send your complaints Please to the Nerdist Podcast. Cast of Thrones. <laughs> uh, use the hashtag after Trek. All right, Teehee, we talked about you. It's time for Matt's number six. My number six rhymes with six in a way with Nick's next. Nick's next. I cannot Wax. believe you would have him rank so low. They're all so good. Because my number five is Nick Nack. Let's talk about Nick Nack. Jeez. Okay. We are really doing a great yeah. job here. I think Mayday is the big, uh, the big uh, swippity doopty. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what can you say about <sighs> Hervé Villachelles? Well, I mean, come on. The man has an incredible life story. He does, absolutely, and I, and I cannot wait to one day see the biopic that yeah, he is in. Yeah, one day. It's going to be pretty soon. Is it? Well, they're already shooting it, if not done shooting it. Who's playing him? Peter Dinklage. Oh, my God. You don't know God, about this? It's I don't an HBO know movie. This. I can't wait for They've this. Are, Google it. There's a picture of it already. Oh, no. <laughs> is he going to sound like this? <laughs> Tremendous. The character that is Hervé Velochez is incredible. Oh, yeah. He's a womanizing, drunk, <sighs> just your classic Frenchman. Effective henchman? He's, he's, he's not... He's both henchman and, like, manservant. Yeah. Like, valet. So is uh, Gabinda. Yeah. Odd job, too. Yeah. He's caddy. Does Odd job have the most roles? Yeah. 
Caddy. He does. Gold mover. <laughs> driver. Uh, He's driver. a chauffeur. He's a, he disposes of bodies. He really does it all. Yeah. Makes people comfortable and sometimes uncomfortable. <laughs> uh, but Harvey Villachey does such a good job in this movie that... I mean, it's and he says knickknack. You know, he 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 brings Tabasco. Let me ask you this. Yes, sir. Do you think he should have been killed, or they did the right thing by obviously, like I think they read it right that the audience wouldn't have liked to have seen him killed. Or yeah. is it worse that he's shoved up in a net on a crow's <laughs> nest? <laughs> How long is that journey? His status. He's going to die of exposure. Well, probably Hecked to death by. Crows his status is unknown yeah oh that's right he could be alive how many of these could be alive jaws is alive well not yeah really but well neither is knickknack yeah, also appears as an unlockable character in the 2002 video game 007 nightfire in multiplayer mode nightfire knickknack was likely the inspiration for villages later character tattoo on the television show fantasy island how is that the Inspiration. As well as the inspiration for Dr. Evil's Mini-Me in the Austin Powers yeah, film. Yeah, that I see. Which parodied the James Bond series. Dr. Sam, or Baron Samity lives. That I don't see. You don't see Mini-Me is knick-knack? Well, you don't see a major correlation there? I understand, that correlation? There, I understand that Vern Troyer and Harvey Villachey are both little people, but what I don't understand is, other than that, nothing. Yeah. I feel like Mr. Bigglesworth is more an inspiration for, <laughs> for knickknack. I don't know. Anyway, the well, point is, we're here to talk about Matt's number five. Jaws. <sighs> Again, you are being a fool because I have ranked Jaws number four. Wow. Where is this going? Here's my thing with Jaws and to a certain extent, well, Odd Job. They remind me of, like, when you're growing up, Led Zeppelin. Like, undeniably amazing. But you hear it so much on the radio that I never felt compelled to, like, dig into their deep catalog. Same thing with Jaws. Like, I like Jaws, I like Odd Job, but... Because they're amazing. They're they're iconic. But you get a lot of them in imitation. You get a lot of exposure of them in pop culture. So they don't feel as special and quirky as some of the others to me. Does that make sense? I see what you're saying. Thank you. Um, I mean, he's uh, menacing. He's imposing. He has jaws that can cut through cable yeah, that hold cable cars. Lovable and cuddly at the same time. And then he finds love. I mean, right. what more do you want from a henchman? Yeah. He seems undefeatable. You know, when Bond is fighting him in that train, it just seems like there's no... And yet he does. He pushes him out a window. How does he do that? Oh, because he electrocutes. <laughs> that was good. That's a good little moment. Uh, in the final credits of the 1999 film Inspector Gadget, Dr. Claw's assistant is shown attending a minion recovery group. Richard Keel is one of the participants and is billed in the credit as famous guy with metal teeth. Oh, wow. That's funny because in Moonraker, he's basically dispatched from a, a, like a henchman service. Remember? Remember Drax just calls up and says, like, give me some yeah. or something like that? 
Speaking of which, when I showed up here and your dog was so angry, angry, yeah, I felt like the woman being chased through the forest on the ducks. What did you need to show me? I wanted to show you just Richard Keel trying to bite through these the, the this cable, the licorice cable. Do you think it's made of real licorice? It is. That's what they said. <gasps> I'd eat that. I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow, licorice. licorice! No wait, no, it's the one in Egypt that are licorice. The like the handcuffs. Oh. Uh, but maybe that one is too. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Bo met Matt today. Everybody, Bo, my dog. Mm-hmm. And uh, he did not have a great time of it until Dory came, became involved. She really knows how to handle that dog. She knows how to. She pays way more attention to the things the trainers say than I do. And because of that, she's the best. But now Bo and I are fast friends. I mean, you guys are chicken friends. We're chicken friends. That's right. I fed Bo a lot of chicken. I felt like teehee. <laughs> um, but Jaws, I mean, he's in two movies. He's uh, visually imposing. He is visually iconic. When you think of Bond henchmen, you think of Odd Job and you think of Jaws. And because of that, he's ranked number four for me, five for Matt. Is he the only hench person that arguably has a kind of reboot with Mr. Hanks? No, because Hanks, I see more of an odd jobby. Because hmm. Hanks odd job Hanks, seem a little like Hanks mentally challenged, though. Yeah, but Hanks doesn't have any physical maladies. He didn't have to have his jaw replaced or his arm replaced. Where, yeah, you know. But he does have metal thumbnails. Maybe those are real. Oh, like he grows metal thumbnails. Oh, that seems interesting. His his thumbnails were pulled out by Blofeld. I don't know. He was biting his nails his whole time, so his evil German mother <laughs> poured molten iron into him. All right. <laughs> number four. Great answer. Number four for you, Matt. Odd job. Odd job is number four for you. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to give that a mark yeah. for Matt. Uh, number three for me. You said number four. Your four was Jaws. My four was Jaws. Yeah. Number three for me is Wint and Kid. Wint and Kid. That's your number three? That is my number three. That's what my number Mr. three Kid is. Mr. Kid and Mr. Wint. My number three is Mr. Wint and Mr. Kid. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. oh, God, I love these guys. They are, they are just best friends forever. If you haven't had a chance, visit I Was There Too podcast where I interview Putter Smith, who played Mr. Kid. I didn't even know that existed. You didn't? No. It was probably because we weren't doing the podcast at the time. I went to his house in South Pasadena and sat down with him. Oh, my God. He barely ever does any interviews. He won't talk about it anymore. And I just happened to go to college with his goddaughter. I didn't even know it. She reached out to me. And he was a very sweet man. That's amazing. Jazz bassist. Yes. Yeah. And he's got a little studio. He lives like five minutes from me. Wow. That's I'm gonna I'm gonna listen to that. Yeah, we sh- you should. And we went out on his back patio and just talked for a while. And you know, it's funny. I can say this now because I couldn't on the podcast. But we talk about Bruce Glover, who plays Mr. Wind. Yeah. And he Potter Smith was very diplomatic about it. And yeah. Had nothing bad to say about him, but he also didn't have anything good to say. He kind of just let it be. Yeah. And his wife. I talked to his wife after, and she told me. That he was kind of a bastard. <laughs> Those weren't her words, but 
I guess this is what she said that when he, when Putter Smith first arrived on set and he's like, I've never acted. I'm very nervous. Bruce Glover apparently goes, don't worry about it. I'll take care of you. Let me, I'll do your lines. Let me take your lines and I'll not like, I'll help you, but like, let me have them for the scene and tried to steal his lines. (laughs) But doesn't that make sense? I mean, Bruce Glover seems like a maniac. He does. Absolutely. I also tried to get him for, I was there too. And we went back and forth on email for a while. And all he would do was talk about, I can't, I'm busy because it's Academy Awards season. And he, he, he implied like he had to be at the Academy Awards or something, but this was like, two months before or something and he wouldn't stop saying that it was so strange well i mean the james bond radio podcast is a two-hour interview with bruce glover oh boy so that would have been tough oh i remember too if i was going to interview him i had to come to his studio and and take his class his acting class which i was willing to do but then he, he backed out because he had to prepare for the academy awards somehow i don't know He's a weirdo. I mean, imagine the man who made Crispin Glover has to be like an uber Crispin Glover, right? Uh, Totally. Yeah. That's crazy. Wow. I didn't put that together. Yeah. It's got to come from somewhere. It'd be amazing to reunite those two. Bruce and... uh, And Putter. Don't tell them, but just get them over. Guys, congratulations. You're being reunited. Yeah. I mean, just look at them. Look at him now, Bruce Glover. Crispin Glover, man. Crispin Glover's a handsome young fellow. Yeah. Wow. We we really just haven't, we we didn't even talk about it, really. Um, What do we like about them? Well, That they're a team? I do. I really like that they're a team. Obviously, like, it's tough nowadays to see... Because they're gay, it's sort of implied that they're twisted, sick henchmen or something. But all this... (laughs) (laughs) Must be some mistake. I didn't order any... No mistake, sir. On specific instructions and with the compliments of Mr. Willard White. Oysters on the... I can't wait to watch this movie. Ashley. Look at Puttersmith's hair. Tidbits. Prime rib au jus. Now, why not set that before you head in? <laughs> Puttersmith's hair is like a photo negative of where you want hair. May we begin? Please do. (laughs) The the corkscrew, the CO2 corkscrew. Listen to this music. Don't you miss John Barry? It's so overwritten. That's rather potent. Not the cork. Your aftershave. Strong enough to bury anything. Oh boy, Bob's oh, putting it together. Oh, God, this is fun. The wine is quite excellent. Although for such a grand meal, I had rather expected a claret. I love it of that course. that's what tips him. 
Unfortunately, our cellar is rather poorly stocked with clarets. <laughs> Mouton Rothschild is a claret. That's oh, it. shit. And I've smelt that after shave before. And both times I've smelt a rat. <laughs> Let me light these skewers I was planning he on stabbing you with. Packing a gun. And this is really putter Smith that gets burnt. It's crazy that they did that with his hair. Uh-huh. That's not him. <laughs> Are you sure? Is that him? Is that him? He might have survived that. Yes, I agree. The worst is when Bond pulls the chain through Bruce Glover's legs and he likes it. <laughs> that is terrible. Like he's he knows he's about to die, but he can still get a cheap gay thrill. <laughs> I what is it what is it we like about them cuz they are kind of exploited but they're so odd it's just I think it's not, they're it's like, like but they're they see, they're so odd that they're perfect for each yeah, other but it's also odd just in the like execution because Putter Smith is so obviously not an actor and mm-hmm. Bruce Glover is overacting one is never too old to learn from a master, Mr. Kidd. And the way they look. Mm-hmm. Paul Williams was going to play uh, Mr. Kidd originally. Makes total sense. Paul Williams would have been great. But then, isn't that strange that they, in Smoking the Bandit, they kind of do that with Pat McCormick and Paul Williams, the big and little Enos, do you remember? Why is that weird? It's weird, it feels like... Where's Joe? Joe couldn't. It be. was fated to happen. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, but we love Mr. Wint and Mr. Kidd. And, uh, we wish them well. We wish them well. In and their time of need. I hope that uh, Mr. Wint... Mr. Wint's definitely dead, but Mr. Kidd, he might have like caught a life preserver. or He's part of like he's on a pirate ship somewhere. <laughs> all burnt up and hair stuck to his head. There is not a... A big article for Mr. Kidd on the... Uh... Does Wint have a big article? No. Hmm. Crazy. Get, get on there, everyone. This fellow assassin, Mr. Wint. No no big uh, no big article for them, and I'm hmm. disappointed by that. Hmm. Anyway, so that's my number three. Well, it's worth mentioning that for the three left, Oddjob and Mayday have been mentioned, and Red Grant has not. So. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Uh, well, it is time for your your number three, right? Uh, my number three was Winton Kid. Oh, and my so number three was Winton Kid as well. Your number so two. So my number two mm-hmm. is Odd Job. Ooh. Ha! Ha! Ah, ah. Ah, that's it. Ah, ah. Ah, ah. He's the quintessential Bond villain, even more than Jaws, do you think? He's the prototype. Yeah. Yeah. He is the one. He is the manservant who has a razor blade hat, superhuman strength. A nickname. And a sense of loyalty that is unwavering. Physical gimmick where he can't talk. Is that a gimmick? I think so. I think ah. I think his physical gimmick, gimmick is just being a massive... Korean. Massive Korean wrestler, wrestler who yeah. 
beats the crap out of Bond for 25 minutes. Yeah. I mean, he's winning that fight. Yeah, that's if he true. doesn't get electrocuted. He also is just willing to die for Goldfinger. That is loyalty. He's willing to just be irradiated. Jaws is a close second, but he Do you actually... think he's inoculated to radiation, and that's why he's willing to be in there? <laughs> <laughs> I never thought of it. Well, now you have. Um, but yeah, Ajab, if you ask the... Uh, you know, if you ask anyone on the street who the best henchman is of Bond, they're going to tell you. Yeah, I remember my dad used to talk about him a lot. Like, that that's who would come up when he, Bond would come up and go, oh, he throws his hat, and, you know, that. it's one of the more memorable things. Yeah. Well, there you go. Well done, Archie. No, 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 no surprises here. Surprises are coming at the top of this list. We're number two. For me. Yeah. Red Grant. I just saw the realization on your face of where my list goes. <laughs> I'm retiring from this podcast. <laughs> Effective immediately. And I'm hiring someone who has their priorities straight. Okay, Matt. Uh, your number two is is Red Grant. Yeah. I'm assuming my number well. one. My number one is Red. Grant. Of course, it is. And Red Grant will be number one on the overall list because you ranked Mayday so so low, and I put Grant at two. So number two will be Mayday. <laughs> and so I one. guess we should talk about Mayday and then. But someone, Grant. again, like people do when we do these, which is so nice of you, do the actual point value thing, because there will actually be a, ultimately a different list, you know? Yeah. Weighted totals, I don't know what you call that, but let's talk Mayday. Okay. Um, She's my number one. I love Mayday so much. What is it you love about Mayday? Explain this to me, because I had her ranked at number nine, and I thought, all right, I'm probably pretty close <sighs> to where... Well, Matt is. She's got a nickname. She has got crazy, wonderful style. That's she's true. She dresses like nobody else. Got Moxie. I like that she reverses course and helps Bond. So I feel like she's got a lot going on there. Um, her delivery. Uh huh. She's superhuman strength. She can lift a man above her head. <laughs> She's, she knows karate of some kind. Yeah. She is... Um, she can drive a car to the car wash. She sure can. She can kill a man in the back seat. She can garrot people. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, or garret. Um, I mean, she's iconic for sure. Of the 80s Bond villains, she's certainly number one. Yeah. As far as... Uh, I know people are going to think I'm crazy for making her number one. And I do love Red Grant, but but if I think in a Bond movie where you can afford to go a little crazy, it's the hench person, as evidenced by... Yes, but the rest of that movie is so crazy. It's not like this offbeat... I know, it has to be proportional. <laughs> I recognize that Red Grant is like a more solid yeah. henchman, definitely. But I... I have more fun with Mayday. She kills people with a little pointy butterfly on a fishing rod. 
and then skydives off the Eiffel Tower. Look, I don't expect any of you to agree with me. This is just where I am right now. She does what she does, and that is skydive off the Eiffel Tower. Did you ever play the 2005 from Russia with Love video game? Yeah, I did. I didn't. I wish I had. Because look, you get to do that. You get yeah. to be Red Grant following around Bond. I remember that. I did play that. Oh, man. PlayStation 2. One of the few video... I'm not much of a video game guy, but I wanted to do the Bond games. I played that Bloodstone... If I remember correctly, game. Sean Connery does the voice. He right? does, but he sounds... It's like old, old, old yeah. Connery. It's weird. And then I, I got the Quantum of Solace game, which is really Casino Royale and Quantum in one. Yeah. It's all right. Um, but yeah, so you're defending your Mayday pick, and I'm allowing you to have it. Also, Mayday is a great nickname. Red Grant lacks a good name. Mayday. It's both elegant and dangerous. Yes. Well, there you go. Yeah. Mayday, you've done it. All right, let's talk about Red Grant. Red Grant is number one. Maybe the best acted? Oh. Of any of them, right? Without question. I'm just trying to think if anybody comes close. Certainly not. Benicio Del Toro? Mr. Kid. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't know. Anatole Taubman? Hmm. I Dent think... is pretty good. Necros, I actually think, was pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good actor. Um, yeah. All right. What can we say about Red Grant? Not just the fight in the train mm-hmm. cabin. I think what's often overlooked is that little game of wits they have the conversation before the fight that is so good i agree i very much agree the tension again he busts a a henchman with wine of course (laughs) again it's the main time that's at least two it wasn't the russian show at all let me see this you've been playing us off against each other haven't you and it was Spectre who killed the Russian agent in the mosque. You? Mm-hmm. Karam and the other man? Mm-hmm. And Nash? Oh, I don't mind talking. I get a kick out of watching the great James Bond find out what a bloody fool he's been making of himself. Famous even in a second. Movie. We're pros, Mr. Bond. We've sweated your recognition code out of one of your men in Tokyo before he died. I've been keeping tabs on you. I've been your guardian angel. Saved your life at the gypsy camp. Oh, yes. I'm much obliged. (laughs) I don't think he means it. We were keeping you alive until you could get us the lector. So you had me delivered on a plate. That's brilliant. Go on, I'm fascinated. The amount of cool testosterone in this train cabin is incredible. Between here and Trieste. Isn't she working for Spectre, too? No. She thinks she's doing it all for Mother Russia. She takes her orders from Colonel Kleb. Rosa Kleb's Russian. Head of operations for Smash. Was. Kleb works for Spectre now. I almost don't want to see this whole thing because I don't want to spoil it. Oh, there we go. I'm looking forward to that one. I like that. Red Grant. Well, you're just is. hearing you just heard a minute and forty three seconds of that, which Red 
Robert Shaw. Quint. You're over there on that poster. Top yeah. build. That's right. My favorite um, movie. And my favorite Bond movie. I think he does deserve to be number one, even though I chose Mayday. <laughs> Crazy that you chose Mayday. Someday you're going to look back on this and think. I was right. <laughs> Glad, like, I was ahead of my time. You were ahead of your time, man. Let me recap what the ultimate... Here uh, we go. Here is the official James Bonding pod ranking until someone gets us numerical values based on math. That's right. Number 24, Helga Brandt. Number 23. Okay with that. Crot. <laughs> Number 22, Chang. Oh, Chang. I can't believe, by the way, I cannot believe Chang ranked lower than Goldie. Number 21, Goldie. (laughs) Number 20, Elvis. (laughs) Number 19, Stamper. Uh, Stomper. Stompa. Number 18, Zhao. Uh Number 11, Irma Bunt. Number 16, Uh Patrice. Number 15, Honeymoon. Number 14, Dent. Number 13, Gobinda. Number 12, Fiona Volpe. Number 11, Xenia Anatop. Number 10, Mr. Hinks. Number 9, Necros. Number 8, Loke. Number 7, Teehee. Number 6, Knickknack. Tabasco. <laughs> Give a dog a bone. Number 5, Jaws. Number 4, Winton Kid. Number 3, Odd Job. Number two, made it. <laughs> and number one, Red Grant, the Wolfman. It's a beautiful list, and we finally did it, everybody. We finally ranked the henchmen, and I hope you enjoyed it. That's right. If you get a chance, go rent a cabin with your friends and family and play along. Do your little version of it. Do your lists. Uh, Matt, I have to say, I've been podcasting for nearly 10 years. It's twelve thirteen in the morning. It is the latest I've ever recorded a podcast. Are you serious? Yeah. Probably not for me. I don't know why. Really? I'm trying to think. No, because we did some of those super ego commentaries that on films, and we'd start late, and they'd go a little late. Is it really that late? Yeah. Oh boy. It's okay. Twelve thirteen in the Let's morning. Let's wrap this up. Thanks All for right, sticking everybody. with us. James Bonding will return with License to Kill Honeymoon. Mr. James Bond. James Bond. Big podcast. James Bond. Big podcast. James Bond. Big podcast. James Bond. Big Hey, this is Arnie Niekamp from the Improv Fantasy Podcast, Hello from the Magic Tavern. I fell through a dimensional portal behind a Burger King in Chicago into the magical land of Foon, and I started a podcast. Season 3 has just begun with a brand new adventure to defeat the Dark Lord. If you're a new listener or you've fallen behind, Season 3 is a great jumping on point. And we've got great guests like Justin McElroy. I sound like a fancy college professor. Fake nuts. <laughs> Rachel Bloom. You all see my collection of men corpses and one woman. Felicia Day and Colton Dunn. You've seen <coughs> me have intercourse with a variety of species. It's a bummer. Andy Daly. You have the members of Genesis listed, but Phil Collins yeah. has crossed out and then circled and crossed out again. Ah, uh, yes. I have killed Phil Collins twice. Thomas Middleditch. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I mean, Jazos. <laughs> ruler of the eighth circle. And that's just the beginning. Season three of Hello from the Magic Tavern is out now. Listen in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. 
and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.